thanks for dialing into our podcast. We're the Light Church Bradford here in Yorkshire, England, a church committed to following Jesus and loving our city back to life again. We truly hope and pray this week's message helps you and encourages you on your journey, especially in these really challenging times. Happy Easter! (laughs) What a great and happy day. Just praying loads of joy and blessings and happiness over you wherever you are, wherever you are watching this. What an awesome day to celebrate and it's a real privilege for me to be able to bring this word on Easter Sunday. And as I've been prepping this word, I sat with God and I just said, God, what is the one thing that you really want to get across? What do you have for us as a church today? And he said, Rachel, tell them that I love them. Tell them that I love them. So how do you measure love? Do you get out a ruler and try and measure it that way? Do you get out some scales and try and weigh it somehow? Do you try and quantify it with a number, put it on a spreadsheet, predict its growth? What do you do? No, you don't do any of those things, do you? Those things don't measure love. What measures love is the words and actions and deeds of those people that we know. And there has been one consistent voice throughout the whole arc of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. One character that consistently demonstrates unfailing love time and time again. One context that shapes our entire existence. One father who never gives up on his children. One heart that grieves intimate relationship. One baby that was sent from heaven. One voice that calls in the wilderness. One sacrifice that changed the entire world. And one victory that stands above it all. One victory that has reigned and is reigning and will reign for eternity. And this is the victory. This is what Jesus has done for us on a cross. And this is the Father speaking over you. I love you. You were worth dying for. I rose Jesus to life for you and those words and these actions and this voice are the very reason that we have so much to celebrate today. In 1 John 3.16, we know this verse, don't we? (laughs) This is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Today is such a happy day, am I right? Today is Easter Sunday, the day we celebrate Jesus coming back to life, his victory over the grave, his victory over death and evil and pain and sadness. And however you're feeling as you listen to this, whatever life looks like, whether you're thriving, whether you're lost, whether you're free in God's love for you, whether there's some tension, Whether you know Jesus intimately or you've dipped a toe in or you don't know him at all yet, today is a day for you. Today is a happy day for you. And Father, I just pray that as we go through this word, your Holy Spirit will be with us right now, God, and you will be teaching us things in our heart that transform us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to take us back a few days to the days before victory. So on Friday, 
Josie led us through the immense sacrifice and suffering that Jesus went through for us. And as the saying goes, the darkest hour is always just before the dawn. And this is where we're going to pick up the story. And I want you to imagine that you were there at the foot of the cross when Jesus died. You were watching him take his last breath. How do you even start to process that? It's so, I can't imagine it. There's a moment, isn't there? I don't know if you've lost a loved one or you know what that feels like, but there's a moment when somebody passes before that raw grief sets in where there's just a bit of stunned silence. And I remember my grandma passing away. It was about seven years ago now. And oh man, we loved my grandma. I was so close with her. We used to go and spend time up near her house by the beach, spend our holidays there. And when I was old enough and I could drive my own car, I used to go and visit her by myself. And in the last three to four years of her life, she actually moved in with us and we lived together. And it was just wonderful. And she was this amazing, Jesus-loving, kind, giddy, fun, generous matriarch of our family, really. And I miss her all the time. And I remember when she died, we were all gathered around her bed in the spare room in my parents' house. And when she took her last breath, as we were all gathered there, there was just this silence. And it's that first bit of silence. It tells you that every day is going to look a little bit different now because every day is a day without that person in it. And the thought of that is just unbearably empty. And I know that as I say this, there'll be so many of you that can relate to that feeling and actually have suffered that feeling way more intensely than I have. What does life look like now? How do I go through life without that person in it? And it would have been exactly like that for the disciples, except for they were asking, what are we going to do without Jesus? And that question is just heartbreaking. After Jesus had been taken down from the cross and buried in the tomb in Mark 16 verse 10, the Passion Translation of the Bible describes the disciples as emotionally devastated and weeping. And in the book of John, we read that Jesus' followers are all gathered together and they've locked the doors because they're so afraid of what will happen to them now that he's gone. And this is a group of people in the midst of grief and loss and fear for the future. Just try and imagine what that was like. But, (laughs) and I'm so glad that there's a but here. There's always a great but of Easter, isn't there? But the story doesn't end there, does it? We know it doesn't end there. Thank God it doesn't end there. Our God did not send his only son with half the plan in mind. He didn't send Jesus for the story to end in sadness and pain and confusion. Our God knew that from day one, the biggest demonstration of his love for us would be raising Jesus to life. Jesus coming in power and victory that no enemy ever had a chance of overcoming it. It was our father's plan. It always was conceived in love and fulfilled in victory. 
and that victory stands above it all. That is our perspective and we need to remember that that perspective surrounds us every single day since the day that we first said yes to Jesus and Jesus in his victory gives us the authority to walk in it every day. Let's read the account of Jesus's resurrection together. So in John chapter 20, verses 1 to 16, it says this. Very early on Sunday morning before sunrise, Mary Magdalene made her way to the tomb. And when she arrived, she discovered that the stone was sealed to the entrance. The stone that was sealed to the entrance to the tomb was moved away. So she went running as fast as she could to go and tell Peter and the other disciple the one that Jesus loved. She told them they've taken the Lord's body from the tomb and we don't know where he is. Then Peter and the other disciple jumped up and ran to the tomb to go and see for themselves. They started out together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He didn't enter the tomb, but he peeked in and saw only the linen cloths lying there. Then Peter came behind him and he went right into the tomb. He too noticed the linen cloths lying there, but the burial cloth that had been on Jesus's face had been rolled up and placed separately from the other cloths. Now we're just going to stop there for a minute because we've got a couple of verses that specifically tell us about Jesus's burial cloths. And why do they mention that? And why is that significant for us reading it? You know, in those days, linen cloths were used to wrap a dead body as part of a loving burial process before somebody was laid to rest in a family tomb. And it was the exact same for Jesus as he was buried by Joseph of Arimathea. He was lovingly wrapped in these linen cloths and he was laid to rest in the tomb. But as the disciples get there, the linen cloths are there, but Jesus's body isn't. So where is he? Not only that, but time has been taken to roll up different pieces of his burial clothes and to carefully place them separately. And this is so significant for us because when Jesus rose from the grave, he was not coming out of that tomb in his grave clothes. He had conquered death in every single way. Jesus was coming out of the tomb into the fullness of the glory and no more was death going to cling to him at any point. And all of this would have been going through the minds of the disciples as they went into the tomb, as they saw the folded grave clothes, but there was no body there. And I'm telling you this because in one short bit of text, we've journeyed with the disciples from raw grief and pain and confusion and then suddenly up they've jumped and they're running as fast as they can to see where Jesus is and to get to the tomb and try and understand what's happening and when they get there they see folded grave clothes but no body can you feel the excitement and the hope starting to build 
A few weeks ago, I asked you to try and imagine how fast you would run if you felt that Jesus had come back, you felt him in your spirit, he'd come back and he was walking around near you. How quickly would you drop everything and just run to see where he was and to see what was going on? And that is exactly what is happening with the disciples here. They are running full pelt to see what's happened to Jesus. Where is he? Could it be that actually what he said was going to happen, has happened. Can you feel the excitement and the hope building? Let's keep going with our scripture, picking up again from verse 8. There's three very different responses to an empty tomb here. One believes straight away, one puzzled response, and one person that can't see past her own emotion to what's happening right in front of her. And I wonder which one you are today as you listen to this. Verse 8, then the other disciple, John, who had reached the tomb first, went in. And after one look, he believed. For until then, they hadn't understood the scriptures that prophesied that he was destined to rise from the dead. Puzzled, Peter and the other disciple then left and went back to their homes. Mary arrived back at the tomb, broken and sobbing. She stooped to peer inside and through her tears, she saw two angels in dazzling white robes sitting where Jesus' body had been laid, one at the head and one at the feet. Dear woman, why are you crying? They asked. And Mary answered, they've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they've laid him. Then she turned around to leave and there was Jesus standing in front of her, but she didn't realise that it was him. And he said to her, dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And Mary answered, thinking that he was only the gardener. Sir, if you've taken his body somewhere else, tell me and I will go and... Mary, Jesus interrupted her and turning her face to him, she said, Rabbanai, she recognised him as teacher. And in that moment, she knew it was Jesus risen from the grave. Wow. You know, if you were at an Anglican service this morning, there might be a part in the service, in the liturgy, where the speaker would say, he is risen. And then the entire congregation is encouraged to say back, he is risen indeed. And the word risen in Greek is egero and literally means to wake up from the sleep of death. And in Hebrew, the word risen is gar and that literally means to triumph gloriously. So in Matthew 28, in another gospel account of this scripture, of this story, when the angels that have rolled away the stone tell Mary he isn't here, he is risen. They are literally saying, Mary, he has woken up from the sleep of death and he has triumphed victoriously. And that is exactly what this day means. Jesus has triumphed victoriously over every single thing that the enemy could throw at him. And he's done it at the request of the Father to set you free because you are loved by a God who knows every single hair on the top of your head. Years after Jesus appeared to the disciples, he appears to John again in a vision. And in Revelation 22, he tells him, 
I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. Come on, Jesus, what a victory. This is so awesome. What an awesome mission completed by Jesus, completed for the Father, completed for the kingdom of heaven, completed for you and me today. It's because of Jesus's victory that you can have an intimate relationship with the God who loves you and made you. It's because of Jesus's victory that all your sin is continually washed away. Because of Jesus's victory, you can be counted as a child of God and you are invited to spend eternity with him. Because of Jesus's victory, the powers of darkness and evil have nowhere to run and their time is running out. Because of Jesus's victory, wherever you're at as you listen to this, even in the middle of a global pandemic, there is salvation and forgiveness and hope and love and acceptance and joy and a future. And absolutely nothing in your life is too big for Jesus to overcome because he has already overcome it. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, then that power and that love that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you and me. And if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour yet, then this is a moment for you. And your life is waiting to be changed because of how much Jesus loves you. Because of the victory of Easter Sunday. Tell them I love them. Are you getting it? Are you getting it as I'm speaking it out? Tell them I love them. Because the Father has some work to do in all of our lives this morning as you hear this. Holy Spirit, would you just come, increase your presence as we respond to this word. Come on, church, it's time to step into the new season that God has for us. It's time to step into the new that God has for us as individuals. Don't come into this new season in the grey, the sludgy stuff that holds us down. Come into this new season in the glory and the victory. Jesus left behind his grave clothes and he stepped into glory. And today he's inviting us to do the same. And some of us, as we hear this, we need healing. The last year has taken its toll on us. Some of us need to feel and encounter that perfect love. Some of us need to say sorry to Jesus for the times where we live our life out of line with him. Some of us need that Holy Spirit fire to just awaken us for his kingdom again. Some of us have marriages that need praying over. Some of us have been walking around with grave clothes on, things that have got stuck to us that are weighing us down and frustrating us and making us feel foggy and apathetic and lazy and causing tension and it's time to make a change and step into the glory that Jesus has for you. Some of us haven't accepted Jesus into our lives yet and now is that time. I'm going to say it again. Today is that day for you and he is waiting with open arms to surround you with his love as you say yes to him for the first time. 
you know, as a country, we're all on a journey, aren't we, out of the pandemic. We're all on that journey as a church into what the new season will look like. And we don't fully know what it's going to look like. We don't know what our new rhythms and routines are going to look like. And I really feel that God is saying to us as a church, but also to as a, as a group of us as individual believers, that he does not want us to enter into the new with the things still clinging to us, with any grave clothes still clinging to us that don't belong to us. Come and step forward and let him have the victory over those things in your life. Let him set you free so that when you enter into this new season, you don't have those things clinging to you. That is what Jesus' death and resurrection and victory mean for us. There'll be a button in the moment that comes up on the chat bar. If you want to pray with somebody, if you want to pray through anything that God's been speaking to you about, take that opportunity. If you want to get in touch with us as a leadership team and you want to pray through some of this stuff, get in touch because God wants to do a work here. He wants to set us free into the new season that is coming. So to close, I want to read to us from Isaiah chapter 9. The Passion Translation (laughs) phrases it like this, and it's just awesome. Those who walked in darkness have seen a radiant light shining upon them. They once lived in the shadows of death, but now a glorious light has dawned. For you, Jesus, have broken the chains that have bound your people and you've lifted off the heavy bar across their shoulders, the rod the oppressor used against them. You have shattered all their bondage for Jesus, and this is my paraphrase, for Jesus has been born and died and raised to life for all of us and every government will rest on his shoulders and his name is the wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace and the greatness of his reign and his peace will never end. The marvellous passion that God, the commander of the angel armies, has for his people will ensure that it is finished. What Jesus did on the cross, it is finished. What we celebrate today is victory. And what a reason to celebrate. If this has spoken to you in any way, which I know it will have done because it's been speaking to me as well, get in touch for some prayer and we would love to pray with you. God, I thank you so much for this word. I thank you that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus. And I pray, Father, that the joy and the celebration and the elation of Jesus' resurrection into victory would be with us all day and would be the thing that leads us into our new spring and our new season. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, you made it to the end. That's even more encouraging. If you'd like to find out more about who we are, visit our website at thelightchurch.org.uk. We pray God's blessing on you now as you go into the rest of your day.